0: Today we're continuing in our message series, Biblical Parenting, and in this series we're looking at God's Word to to find principles that will help us to raise our children for Him. And today we're talking about, we're going to talk about teaching God's Word. Now, obviously, when we talk about biblical parenting, we're talking about parenting according to God's Word. We're going to use principles that are found in God's Word to parent our children, and the content of our parenting should also be the Word of God. There are all kinds of books that you can read on parenting. So what's so important about the Bible? Well, Second Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture, not just part of it, all of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. And what that means when the Bible says that The Bible is breathed out or inspired by God. It means that the words of the Bible were given by God through the Holy Spirit to human authors who wrote them down. That's where the Bible comes from. And so the Bible is God's revelation of himself to mankind. What we learn about God from the scripture, from the Bible, cannot be known about him any other way. And so it's essential uh, for us to understand, to know God, to understand His Word. And so as God's revelation of Himself to us, the Bible is our authority. We can trust it and we must follow it and obey it. This scripture, it says, all scripture is profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training. That sounds like parenting to me, doesn't it? Uh, physical parenting of children, our biological children, and spiritual parenting of new believers in Jesus Christ. That's what the scripture is useful for. And so it's a parent's responsibility to teach their children the word of God. Proverbs 6.20 says, My son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart always. Tie them around your neck. When you walk, they will lead you. When you lie down, they'll watch over you, and when you awake, they will talk to you. And so in this passage, we see it's not just the father's job, it's the mother and father, both parents, to train to instruct their children in the ways of God. And so the truth and principles of Scripture is a promise here that it will lead and guide and protect the children throughout all of life. And so you're preparing your children for the rest of their life as you train them. What is the role of the church in training children? Well, it's it's very important for both the parents and the children to be involved in church. But the church simply supplements the parents' training of their children. The idea that an hour or two in Sunday school or youth group every week is going to meet your child's needs to grow in God is really misguided. It's important, but it's also essential that the parents take the responsibility to train their children as well. Now, in order for parents to teach their children God's Word, the parents need to know God's Word for themselves. They need to understand God's Word so they can obey it in their own lives and then teach it to their children. Now, as a parent, one of the first resources I believe you should acquire is a good study Bible. What is a study Bible? I mean, you know, a Bible has Genesis through Revelation, and we always encourage you to get a, unless you're used to an older translation, that's okay, we'd like you to read the Bible in whatever you feel comfortable with, but for most people, it works best to have a modern translation that's translated in the language of today, so have a good modern translation. A study Bible, then, in addition to the Bible, uh, has notes which are not inspired, but they're helpful. Uh, they, my words are not inspired, but hopefully it's helpful for you in under, as understanding the Word of God. They have notes, they have cross-references, they have articles, they have maps, they have outlines, they have concordances, all everything to help you learn the Bible. Now, unfortunately, most of the study Bibles on the market today are written from what I would call a cessationist theological standpoint, and that standpoint denies that God still works today as he did in the Bible times. And so when you read these study Bibles, it's like, this is ancient history. It really doesn't apply to us today. No, you can't, uh, you can't believe God's going to do the same things that he did back then that was just in the times of the Bible. But if you've been around Life Church for a while, you'll know that the Bible clearly does not teach that view. The Bible teaches that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, The God who worked miracles in the Bible still works miracles today for those who believe. And so it dawned on me uh, that I never talked to you about study Bibles. In years and years, I've never talked to you about it. And so I want to tell you about uh, a study Bible. This is, I brought a, uh, See, it's kind of thick, isn't it? Uh, Study Bibles have a lot of extra notes in. This is called the Fire Bible. Uh, This is the ESV translation Uh, which I've started to use on Sunday mornings. I like it a lot. It's more of a literal translation than the NIV, so every Greek or Hebrew word tends to be translated the same rather than kind of shifted depending on what the translators thought it meant. Uh, But that's a whole other topic. The Fire Bible is a spirit-filled study Bible. It's basically out of the assemblies of God, and the notes and the the articles in it are going to build your faith in God, that He still is alive, He still works miracles in our world today. I've been using it for at least, what, 15 years or something, or like almost the whole time I've been preaching. And uh, each of our children has one. And I just uh, came to my attention that I'm seeing people use all kinds of study Bibles in the church and nobody's using what I consider the best one. And so the Fire Bible is... uh, has a number of, besides the notes on every page, it's helping to explain what the Bible is saying there. It has all kinds of articles on important topics from Genesis to Revelation that help you understand, answer questions that you have about it. And pretty much everything else that's in other study Bibles is in here. It's available in a number of translations. The most popular today are the NIV and the ESV. It's available in many different languages uh, because Assembly God missionaries use it all around the world. You can get a Spanish version, you can get uh, just about any language, major language that you want, uh, you can get in it. So I'm going to put this, uh, this is a paperback copy, which paperback's obviously the cheapest. I'm going to put it on the ministry table for you to take a look at, and the little note here says, sample copy, do not take, okay? <laughs> so uh, hopefully that's clear enough, okay, because if it disappears... Maybe somebody, it's written in English, I don't have it in other languages, but uh, we'd like you to take a look at it at the table over there in the corner, I'll put it over there after the service, you can take a look. Uh, it's available in paperback, hardback, all kinds of leather editions. Uh, the, the website that has the best prices and variety is CBD.com, that stands for Christian Book Distributors, CBD.com. It's available on Amazon. It just doesn't seem like they have as much variety there on Amazon as well, but uh, you can check. It's available in many places. There are also youth editions. There are children's editions of the Fire Bible. So if you have children at different ages, you can get them at an age-appropriate Bible with uh, simplified articles and things in there. So uh, I strongly encourage everybody to take a look here. Uh, If you don't have a study Bible, or even if you do have one, I strongly encourage you to take some of your resources and purchase one of these. It will be a great blessing to you, and you will uh, understand much better many of the scriptures that you're reading. So purchase one for yourself and for your children. All right, and I'm not getting a commission from selling more fire Bibles. So today we're going to look at Deuteronomy chapter 6. And we're going to look at that scripture to help us to better understand how to teach our children God's word. As parents, we ourselves need to keep God's commands. Verse 1 of Deuteronomy 6 begins and says, Now this is the commandment, the statutes, and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you that you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess it. Now the background here in the book of Deuteronomy is that Israel has been delivered from Egypt under the leadership of Moses and they were supposed to directly go into the promised land but they disobeyed God and they'd been wandering for 40 years in the desert. And now at the at this point where the book of De- Deuteronomy was written, Moses is standing at the border of Canaan, the border of the promised land, to lead the people in. And the book of Deuteronomy records Moses reminding Israel of God's commandments. Sometimes Deuteronomy is like the second law. uh, That's what the word really means, Deuteronomy. The second giving of the law. He he refreshes the memory of of the people of God's commandments before they enter into the promised land. And so he's instructing them uh, in this first verse that they ought to to do the commands of the Lord. Not just to know them, but to obey them. And notice is, uh, Moses is teaching the people their responsibility as they get ready to enter the promised land. He goes on to teach them to fear the Lord with their families. Verse 2, that you may fear the Lord your God, you, your son, And your son's sons, we've got three generations there, by keeping all of his statutes and his commandments, which I command you, all the days of your life, and that your days may be long. And so the parents were to fear the Lord along with their children and their grandchildren. To fear the Lord is to keep his commandments. That's what it really means, all through their lives. The promise in this verse is that those who feared the Lord, that their days would be long, that they would live a long life. And so to fear the lord some people you know say it means to be in awe of the lord and it it means that but it does have an element of, of fear uh you fear missing god's blessing by disobedience i mean you're going to miss something if you disobey god you also fear god's judgment for disobedience i mean it's just like a child with their father uh in biological father, if you disobey, you're going to get punished. There's a certain, you love your father, but there's a certain fear involved, at least there was when I was a child, um, to the, uh, the punishment that would come if I disobeyed. So Moses then goes on to emphasize God's blessing for obedience, need to believe in God's blessing. He says, hear therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them God's commands that it may go well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey, speaking of the promised land. So in this verse, God adds two more promises of blessing for the parents who feared God and kept his commands. He says, be careful to do them. I mean, take great attention. It's not just something, oh, well, you need to. it needs to be a priority in your life to obey God and to follow his commands. And those who kept God's commands, it would go well with them. They would prosper in their lives. They would live in God's blessing. We don't have time today, but you can go to Deuteronomy chapter 28, and it lists over many verses God's blessing on those who obey his commands. And then following the blessings is the curses for disobedience, a type of Discipline that God is going to send to people who disobey Him. Blessings and curses. And God's blessing here meant that they would multiply greatly. Remember back in Genesis, we would be fruitful and multiply. And here the Israelites were to be fruitful and multiply in the promised land as they followed God. So let's talk about applying these principles to our families today. In order to train children in God's ways, the parents must live according to God's ways. And so we'll begin with parents. Parents need to spend a daily time reading God's word and praying by themselves. And then if you're doing that, you can begin to teach your children the same thing. If you're not doing it and you try to teach your children to do it, it's not going to work. They're smart. Okay, They know You're not doing what you're telling them to do, and it's just not going to work. And so you begin to teach your children. At first, when they're very young, they can't read, you read to them and pray with them on a daily basis. So they get used to it. This is what we do. We read God's Word and we pray every day. As they get a little older and are able to read, you listen to them read and you pray with them each and every day. So they get into the habit of that. As they get older yet, you teach them, to have a daily quiet time reading their Bible and praying on their own. And then to build some accountability into it, we have all of these things I'm telling you today, we've done with our children from little on, you have them keep a journal. And I keep a journal. And in the journal, you write down the date, you write down the time, you write down what Bible passage you read, you write down what you feel God's speaking to you, and maybe something about uh, what you prayed From time to time, then you have a a discussion with your children. One of the topics would be, how are you doing in your daily Bible reading and prayer time? And they can look back in their journal, and they can tell you. Or you can look in their journal, (laughs) and you can tell. When they get older, they might not want you to see everything. That's okay. Uh, But they can also ask questions. They can have questions. They read a passage they don't know. They can ask the parents questions about it as well. And through this daily quiet time, you're training your children to learn and to keep God's Word. And again, that's only going to work if you as parents are, are doing it yourselves. And you can tell them what you're reading. They go, you say, what did you read today? And they turn around and they ask you, what did you read today? And if you go, oh, you know, I didn't read today, then uh, you kind of uh, lose your credibility. So you need to be doing it as well. Teaching children, this applies to anything we're teaching children. In fact, it applies to all kinds of teaching. You only have credibility in teaching somebody to do something if you're doing it yourself. I mean, if you're not doing it yourself, how can you tell somebody else to do it? So it only works if you teach both by word and example. So as parents, not only are we to keep God's commands, we are to worship God alone. Verse 4 of Deuteronomy 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And so Moses is teaching the people that there is only one true God. All other supposed gods, the gods of the nations around, the gods of the Canaanites who are living in the promised land, are not gods at all. They're simply idols. And so believers are to worship God alone. They're never to worship idols in their lives. Worshiping God alone means loving God with all that you are. Verse 5, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, and with all your mind. And so as parents, we are to love, and this applies to everybody, all these things apply just to everybody today, we are to love God with 100% of all we are. It's not 50%, it's not 80%, it's not 90%, it's everything we have. Because if we don't give God 100%, who are we giving? If we give God 90%, who are we giving the other 10%? An idol, uh, just by definition. If we're not giving God we're giving an idol, the, the rest of our worship, the rest of our love. And we see throughout the Old Testament when the people of Israel tried to worship God and idols at the same time, God brought judgment upon them because he's a jealous God. You must worship God alone. You must love the Lord your God with everything you have, with all your heart. And if you as a parent hold things back from God, you don't love God with everything you are, then your children are going to see your example, and they're going to follow in the way you do it. It just just works out with that. So whatever you hang on to in your life that's not of God, it must go in order to live in God's blessing. And one of the ways that we, we grow in our commitment to the Lord is by keeping God's word in our hearts. Verse 6. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. And so the word of God must not just be in our heads, it must be written on our hearts. Now what does it mean to have God's word written on our hearts? Well, when it's in our heads, we mentally understand what God is saying. We read it, I understand the words, I understand what God is saying. When it's in our hearts, it begins to be applied to our lives, God's Word becomes written on our heart through the Holy Spirit. As we read God's Word, as we ask Him to apply it to our lives, as we submit our lives to God's Word, it becomes written on our hearts. And when it's written on our hearts, it can direct our thoughts, our emotions, our attitudes, our actions. That's part of worshiping God alone as a parent. So let's talk about uh, a second practical way to grow in worshiping, in worshiping God alone in our families. I would encourage you to have a weekly, at least a weekly Bible study and prayer time with your whole family, and that's a time when the parents lead the children in a Bible study that has a practical application in the children's lives. It should be a time for the parents to ask children questions. I mean, you read a passage and you ask, well, you know what does this What do you think this means? It's also a time for children to ask parents questions. And you should also have a time of prayer for the needs of the family, the needs that parents bring to the children and the needs the children have. And you pray together in this time uh, in this Bible study time. And that type of family Bible study, it trains your children. So we're training them in our individual time every day for their individual walk, but our walk as believers is not just individual. It's with other people, so it's training them in a group setting. And it prepares them one day to be in a small group with other believers because they they learn, even in prayer time with children, you teach them to pray aloud so they can learn to pray with other people. They can learn to discuss the Bible. They can learn all those things in a, a weekly time you can do it more often than that, but it's uh, we try to do it at least once once a week. Finally, uh, Moses goes on to talk about teaching God's word to your children. Verse seven: You shall teach them. What is them? It's God's commands, God's instructions, diligently to your children. The understanding of the Hebrew word diligently here is to teach it repeatedly. The same concept over and over again. Both children and adults need to hear things over and over again, uh, first of all, to get it in their heads, and secondly, to go from your, your head to your heart. Diligent teaching of God's Word is for the children to understand mentally first, and ultimately that it begins to settle in their hearts. So the goal is not just for the children to say, this is what mom and dad believe, and that's what I'm supposed to do. But this is what I believe. It's gone from their heads to their hearts. This is what I believe is God's Word, and this is what I'm going to do. Important aspect of teaching God's Word is to talk about God's Word all the time, always. Second part of verse 7 says, And shall talk of them again." God's commands when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. I think this verse is talking about speaking of God's Word all the time. This covers the whole day. And so as parents, we should be talking about God's Word whenever we're with our children. And what that means is that whatever a child or or a parent is doing, you talk about how God or His Word apply to the situation. Bringing God's word, bringing God into every situation that you're with your children with. So when something good happens, the children have something good happen, they have an achievement in school or in sports or something, it's an opportunity to pray and thank God. Because he's the one who gave you the ability to achieve that achievement. When somebody is hurt, you know, little kids, everybody's always falling down. It's an opportunity to pray for God to heal, to bring healing. Bringing God into that situation. When a child disobeys, it's a time to talk about repentance and forgiveness. When an important decision needs to be made in a child's life or or in a parent's life, it's a time to seek God's wisdom from His Word and in prayer. Bringing God's Word and God into every conversation. Finally, honoring God's Word everywhere. Verse eight and nine, you shall bind them. Again, the commands is a sign on your hand, and they shall be as... I think we need a battery in that clock. What does it say? Quarter to nine? Okay. Um, <clears throat> okay. Got a long time yet. Uh, You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Now, the Jews took these words very literally and they constructed little leather pouches and put little scraps of parchment with God's word written on it and hung it on their hands and on their heads. And um, I don't think that's what God had in mind here, really. Uh, What he meant was that Whatever you do with your hands should be guided by God's word. Whatever you look at with your eyes should be guided by God's word. Your house should be a place where God and his word is honored. Every aspect of your life should be honoring to God. And as you do that, your children are going to see it. Your children are going to um, bring that attitude into their lives as well. Now at the end of Deuteronomy 6, and we don't have time to read it, you can read it yourself, verse 20 to 26, it, it gives a situation where a son is asking his parents, you know, what is the meaning of all these commands? They say, when your son asks you this question, what is the meaning, or teaching you all these commands, said, what, what, you know, what is the meaning of this, and this is what the parent or the father is to say to the son. Why? Why do we obey God's commands? He said, well, God delivered us as a people from Egypt. He delivered us from slavery. He brought us out of Egypt. He brought us into this promised land in which we are now living. And we obey these commands for our good. We obey these commands for our blessing that God would continue to bless us as we walk in obedience to them. If we disobey them then God's judgment and curses will come upon us. And so that's the reason that we obey God's commands. And so we also must explain the meaning of God's commands to our children. We must explain we don't obey God's commands in order to be saved. If you obey all these commands, you're going to be saved. No, that's not what the Bible teaches. We're saved by faith in Jesus Christ, and He forgives our sins. And those who are saved, we call Jesus Lord. That means we do what he says. We willingly obey him out of thankfulness, out of, out of our heart's desire, out of our love for him. And we know that obedience to God brings blessing into our lives as well, and it pleases the Lord. Now I think it's a good idea for every believer of middle school age or older—I mean, all the way up through adults—should go through a structured discipleship training program that that gives the essential aspects of God's Word uh, laid out in a in a organized manner. And the discipleship curriculum we've been using as a church is called Thrive, a handbook for Christian growth. And there is a sample copy already over there on the table on my left. And uh, many people have gone through that in a group setting in the past uh, probably 18 months or so. And it's actually most effective, it's very effective, one-on-one. And so if you've not taken the Thrive Discipleship training, we encourage you to sign up on your Connect card. And when you've gone through it, if you have middle and high school students, you can go through it with your children. It's probably a little too advanced for elementary school children. I I think, I mean, you could try, but you'd have to adapt it quite a bit. But middle and high school, uh, you can go through it with your children. That's another way to train and teach your children in God's Word. Uh, They have gone through it in the Edge already, but again, uh, just as in Sunday morning in the Edge, we can't keep going over the same curriculum over and over again, and so Uh, A number have gone through it, but those that haven't, we encourage you to go through it as parents with your children. And so God's Word is the standard by which we live our lives as a believer. And as parents, we set examples for our families by keeping God's command and worshiping Him uh, with everything we have. And so we mustn't keep our faith a private matter. Uh, We must let our children see our faith in action Let our children see and participate with us. So we train our children to have a daily prayer time, a daily time of reading God's Word. Having a family Bible study time at least weekly. Now, all these concepts can be um, adapted even if you don't have children at home. I mean, you should have time together with your spouse. Uh, You should still have your daily individual time with the Lord. And these are concepts that When you're discipling a new believer, uh, that should be taught to them as well. Ask God to help you talk about God's Word all the time. Not just to your children, but to other people. Bring God's Word into the conversation of people at work, with neighbors, with friends, with relatives. Ask for God's wisdom to see how His Word applies to each and every situation of life, whether in the family or elsewhere. And as we learn to obey God's word through the power of the Holy Spirit, then the blessings that are promised in God's word will come upon our lives and our families. Now, it all begins with entering into a relationship with Jesus Christ by admitting that we've sinned, putting our faith and trust in Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and committing our lives to follow him. So we're going to give everyone an opportunity to either pray this for the first time if you've never prayed before or to recommit your life to the Lord. So let me ask you to bow your heads right now and let's pray. And this is I was present this in a very simple fashion, the ABCs. Not only so that you can understand on Sunday morning, so that you can explain this to somebody else. So everybody here should be able to explain to somebody else how they can be saved. He's praying this simple prayer. Father, this morning we thank You for who You are. And we admit that we fall far short of Your standard. We fall far short of obeying all Your commands. We confess that we've sinned. We've broken Your commandments. And we ask for Your forgiveness. We believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe that Jesus died on the cross, that my sins might be forgiven. He took my sin upon Himself and paid the price, that I don't have to pay that price. And He rose three days later and is alive today. And I commit myself to following Him as my Lord and Savior all the days of my life. Thank You that You're with me now. And Father, for those of us Who are believers, we thank You for Your Word. The revelation of Yourself to us, the Creator of the universe, You've shown us what we need to do and what we need to know to live a life pleasing for You in this life and spend eternity with You. We thank You for the Bible, God's Word. And today we acknowledge that we can't keep all the commands in there in our own strength, God. We fail. But we ask for Your Holy Spirit to empower us to obey you. Write your commands on our hearts, not just in our heads. Help us to learn to fear you and to teach our children to walk in your blessing. May your word go from our heads to our hearts. May it guide us in all of our lives. May we talk about it all the time. May we show others, including our children, how it applies to each and every situation and circumstance. Help us to teach Others, not just with our words, but with our attitudes and actions as well. May we talk about, our, about your word all the time to our children, to our co-workers, to our relatives. Forgive us, God, for not knowing enough about your word, for not taking it seriously enough to read and study it each and every day, that we might know it backwards and forwards and be able to talk about it and apply it. Forgive us for being embarrassed to talk about it or afraid to talk about it. God, help us to have boldness. And as we train our children, God, we pray that they would grow up to become mighty men and women of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.